Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome back to season number three of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. Man, I have someone that I really admire on the podcast and I had to chase her down. She was a little reluctant to be on the podcast as this is not her thing to be in the spotlight. And she's a bit of a local celebrity here in Orlando and her name is Coach Cindy Richardson. I want to tell you a few things as to why she's a local celebrity. So she's in her 20th season as head coach of Colonial High School. And I think it was two years ago, she reached a milestone that many high school coaches, male or female, wish they could achieve. And that's over 300 wins. And probably now to my count, she's closer to probably 350. I'm sure she knows the exact number. um, And I'm just estimating. So like I said, I had to chase her. I bargained with her. I had to donate to her program. And I begged Cindy to be on my show because she is a, a friend of mine who I truly admire and respect. And she also happens to be the wife of one of my best friends. And Cindy's a lot like my mother, who I adore. And Cindy don't take no mess from nobody at all. So, But I didn't ask Cindy to be on you know, the show to brag about her accolades. I asked her to be on the show because she is such a strong role model for young ladies. Cindy, welcome. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And like I said before, Cindy doesn't like being interviewed, but um, I guilted her into allowing me to interview her. So, Cindy, why did you get into coaching 20,000 years ago? Cindy's not really that old, but um, it was a long time ago. Well, we all played ball at Inglewood Neighborhood Center. And I remember I was playing ball in college and it had like um, Inglewood had their junior magic. So I started coaching there at like 18. And I mean, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with the kids. It was boys and girls. So it seemed like I was something really passionate about. So then I, my college coach started coaching at Daytona State. So I decided to go there as his assistant. And I was there one year and I learned so much underneath him that the job at Colonial came available. So um, a couple people were like, you need to go, you need to go. So I talked to him and I thought, okay, let me go ahead and try it out. And I did. And I've just been here ever since. I, I mean, I love it. I Love seeing the girls grow, and that's about it. I mean, that's a that's a humble start. You've been pretty successful. <laughs> you're you're downplaying this. So, all right, fast forward twenty years, and you've been very successful. I mean, it it didn't just start out. You know, you were playing basketball, and you know, you did this or you did that. There's some structure behind your success. What's made you so successful in the 20 years? Well, when I first started in high school, I was only 22. So being young and the girls in high school were 15, 16, you know, the age gap wasn't that big. It was, it was a little rocky, you know, then I decided, okay, I need, I started taking on being more disciplined. 
because my college coach was really disciplined. And I felt like, okay, if I run a program that's really disciplined, either they will be on board or they won't. And, and you are really disciplined. <laughs> so I decided I will just be disciplined. And I mean, it's worked out. I mean, the girls that come, they know I'm a really disciplined coach, not just on the court. I mean, I've always said to a lot of new coaches that come in, you know, especially at Colonial, that you'll be successful if you're disciplined with them. Because kids want structure. They want discipline, how much they say they don't. Sure. But not just on the court, in the classroom, you know, when they walk the halls, you know, they get mad because somebody's like, oh, they always get on me because I'm late. Well, you're a basketball player and they expect more of you. So starting there was my key. And that's what I've always stuck with. So this year in particular, I've probably been to a lot of your games, whether they were at Colonial or whether they were at other, you know, other facilities. Discipline, I'd say, is uh, light. (laughs) (laughs) So Cindy, she runs a no nonsense program, you know, just looking back at, you know, some of the girls and I've seen some um, press about some of her girls. Well, all your girls graduate. They're in the, the top grade point averages in the county for all athletes. And um, that I would call that no nonsense more so than just discipline. But we can split hairs about what you call it. I, I see the results. So how do you get those results? I mean, it, because you get kids from all walks of life. And I want to be very specific too. Cindy's, her school doesn't attract the most affluent kids. Um, It's not in the most affluent area. So a lot of the kids that come through her program aren't the most advantageous kids and being given a lot of stuff where another school, uh, a private school, you know, kids come from um, a lot of money. Cindy's kids do not have that luxury. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations for what? For Hall of Fame. Oh, thank you. So we got sidebarred um, here. So my boys just came in and Cindy, again, Cindy's humble. So she got inducted to Colonial High School's Hall of Fame. So I think that news came today, Cindy. Is that right? Yes, it did. Okay. Congratulations. So Cindy was both a player and obviously she's a coach. So I'm sorry, Cindy. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Thank you. So, yes, Colonial is a minority school. You know, if if people say, oh, you teach at Colonial, you're at Colonial, they think it is almost like a prison, which it's not. You know, I'm really big on it doesn't to me, it doesn't matter what school you're at. If you hang around the right crowd, if you're put in the right classes with the right teachers, you know, because you can go to the best school in the world and have a horrible teacher and you're not going to learn anything. So having them structured with the right class and the right teacher just makes wonders. I could say since I've been there for a while, I get the privilege to know a lot of teachers and know a lot of great teachers that I get to put my athletes in. That really helps, you know, and they all hang out with each other. And, you know, every school has its positives and has its negatives, regardless what school you go to, you know, things are just, Hidden better, I would say. I feel you. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And Colonial has a tight-knit community. I can't say that. Um, what I've seen, very yes. tight-knit. 
you know, the, the parents are involved, the kids' parents on your team, they're all involved, very much so. More more nowadays. Yes, more nowadays. When I first started, I probably had two parents in the stands. If that, I was a parent to a lot of kids. So as the years progress, I've had, there's a lot. I would say, I want to say last year started was my first year ever that I, every player on my team had a mom and dad involved in their life. And that has never happened in all my years ever at Columbia. That's that's powerful. I mean, it makes a huge difference for you, the, the teachers, everything. It's, it's huge. Yes. So that leads me to something else that I've witnessed that you've done. So you've taken girls in over the years as well. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. And so, you know, you have two beautiful daughters of your own, an older daughter in her 20s and then a teenager, uh, one of which plays for you. Your older daughter played for you a few years back. So taking in, you know, another daughter and then you are maturing a husband, uh, which is one of my best friends of the world, Chris. So uh, Amory could probably say the same thing about me, that she's maturing me. But, you know, taking in all of that. So what made you want to take on doing that in addition to, you know, kind of raising your family? Well, you get you get attached to your players. Like I always said, they're they're all my daughters. And I would never want to see any of them on the streets. I mean, we're talking about girls who've graduated from me 10 years ago that, you know, they know I'm here. I still take care of them as much as I can. Some of them were in really, really bad situations that were, one of them was actually placed with me through a DCF. So it's either let them go into the system, which I would not want that to happen, you know, or stay with me and hopefully keep them on the right track, which it did. They graduated and went on to college and got a degree. And, you know, that's what's, I guess that's what keeps you going. Especially when they graduate with that college degree, the way it makes you feel is like you, you've done something in their lives. Sure. I'm recall one of your girls got their master's in the last couple of years. Is that right? Yes. And then there is another, is there another one that got a law degree? Yes. So she just passed her bar and she's actually an attorney right now. Okay. So you had a hand in both of those. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You are so funny. What? So I, I have a, a question for you because I, I kind of bring, go back to grades. Right. How do you girls have the highest grades? Other schools have smart girls and they don't, you know, maybe they don't have to try is hard or they're in, you know, better situations and things come easier, you know, for some of them. How do you make that happen? Well, I mean, first you put them in, I mean, I try to put them in advanced classes, honors classes or higher, because then they are around people, you know, that are in school taking honors classes, AP classes, Cambridge classes. So their environment, they're hanging around kids that want to be there and monitoring them, their grades. Um, since I'm an exceptional ed teacher, I can get on and see everybody's grades in the school. So I pull up their grades, I pull up missing assignments, and it is, a, it is time consuming. But if you are constantly on them, like missing assignment, you're gonna get on the line and run. 
You know, if you have a C, you're going to get on the um, the line and run. But through the years, they'll run. You know, I think run running them scares them. But with this new generation, the cell phone scares them more. Right. If they have a C, you know, or missing assignments, it's kind of easier to take their cell phone away in the morning. And then you'll be surprised by the end of the school day how fast that grade goes up. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. And you got my my wheels spinning. So you just said something and I'm going to articulate it a little bit differently. So you, you put your girls in an environment where they have other, other kids who are high achievers. Yes. And so being around other high achievers, you know, you're going to, you know, rise to the occasion, so to speak. Right. No different than what I'm doing here by inviting you on the podcast. I like to be around people that make me better. And so I would include you in that camp. So Cindy and I have a, um, a unique relationship as well, because, you know, there are things that I ask um, for her to do, and then she'll ask in turn for me. And there's sometimes that she has asked me, you know, for advice, maybe for a friend or help with a child. And I'm glad to, you know, to do that. And, you know, that's, you know, what friends are for. And so Cindy and I have known each other, I don't know, 20 some odd years since she was probably 18 or 19. So I'm not going to volunteer who's older, but I do seem to be older than most of the folks that I interview. So some of the other things that I've seen that, you know, you've done, Cindy, is, you know, it's great in the classroom that, you know, the girls are getting a good education and they're higher achievers, but you also give them a lot of life skills uh, that I've seen. And I think one of the life skills is that you help them with money. Am I off base there? I'm not saying you give them money. I'm saying help them kind of understand how to um, manage their money and, you know, what to do with their money. Yes. Um, they do a lot of fundraising. You know, I, I mean, there's some of the players who their parents have money and they could just pay for whatever. But sure. trying to teach them that you need to get out and work for your money. So you need to fundraise. You need to sell candy to help pay for your package. I would say all of my girls now, they all know how to do the clock and book. They all work tournaments, doing the clock and book, making money for themselves, trying to teach them to be independent, you know, and not always rely on people. I'm going to be very specific. So you, one of the life skills that you give your girls is being independent and not rely on a man. Yes. So that is a life skill. We've had a conversation about that in the past. So that's a very, very important skill. And that's something that my mother uh, used to always say, too. You never want to rely on anybody else. Man or woman. Man or woman. True that. So man or woman. But that's a life skill that you teach. Yeah. So and this is kind of a financial uh, podcast. So that's why I kind of brought that up. So it's a very important skill. I taught a class last week, uh, two classes to kids, to elementary school kids. And then prior to that, I taught a class to middle school kids. And the number one thing, you know, when I walked into the classrooms, they thought, well, you know, Chris is a financial planner and, you know, this is going to be complicated. And I said, finance is really easy. And you make a certain amount and it's a mathematical equation. You make a certain amount, you got to spend less than you bring in. It's just, you know, if, if you bring in a hundred dollars, 
you got to spend less than $100. If you spend over $100, then you're in the red and you're going into debt. And that's one of the life skills that Cindy, I've seen, you know, is teaching her girls and, you know, to hustle. So in, you know, hustling, not necessarily on the basketball court, that's kind of goes without saying, but you got to hustle to get your own. Yes. So you have to do things. And those are very, very important, you know, life skills that Cindy brings to the table, the intangibles. And so I, I see that I've witnessed it. And, you know, I respect and commend you for constantly doing that. And, uh, I, you know, I know your road hasn't necessarily been easy. And with any success, you're going to have people that hate on you. You're going to have haters. Yeah. And I put myself in that camp. And so one of the things that, you know, I try to do because I, I see that Sandy is so uplifting to so many people, I'll send her a note and say, hey, you know, great job. Um, you know, I saw this or I, I saw that. Not that she even cares what I say, but that's just kind of how I was raised. And I, I'm like, you know, I've named I've known this lady for a long time and she's very successful. And, you know, when you get to the top, sometimes people just shed They go away and they stop, you know, saying good things to you or good things about you. And they try to break you down. And I I, I know that. And not to say that I'm at the top, but I know that 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 stuff happens. And so I try to be a positive, you know, force in Cindy's life, regardless of, you know, whatever that is. If it's just a message saying, hey, great job today. You know, even though you nag me or your girls nag me to uh, donate to your program, you know, 10,000 times. So, which happened in the last week. Um, so, <laughs> but I digress. Cindy, yes. what else have you done well besides being the Hall of Fame inducted uh, in the last day or so that you want to, you know, kind of talk about? I want you to brag in yourself. I've done a lot of bragging and I've had to pull some things out of you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, besides coaching too, I mean, I take pride in teaching the students that I teach, you know, being an exceptional ed teacher. Majority of my students are, you know, autistic, have Down syndrome. And, you know, it can be a challenging on days, but it also brings a lot of joy, you know, Sure. because a lot of, they just love life, you know, and They just, to me, like it's fun going to school. It's fun going to teach and seeing them. And I have all my players work with all the students so they can see that, you know, there is kids in life with different disabilities. And I feel like when they leave me that they'll understand a lot of disabilities and they know how to work with kids or even adults with different disabilities because, you know, kids are mean. And, you know, especially younger kids, they make fun of other kids like that and, I really take pride in that that part of it. I have them all like in a seventh period class. So I have my students and my basketball students in the same class. So they get to work with those students in all levels. I mean, I have kids that are on a pre-K level, some even lower than that. And then some that are, you know, third, fourth grade level. But they're they're learning about it. And a lot of them come back and, you know, they're like, oh, my cousin has an autistic kid. And I learned so much from your class to you know, you know, handle my cousin or, you know, things like that, that I felt like they learned also. Another life skill that you're giving your players. Yes. I call it inclusion. So you're teaching them how to, you know, welcome everybody, regardless of, you know, what they look like, what 
you know, physical characteristics, what disability they may have, you know, just just welcome them. And that's a a life skill that a lot of folks don't have. You know, we we talked about um, Cindy and I talked about this and, you know, our our, kind of our group of friends about, you know, the last couple of years where a lot of uh, racism has come to light. And, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about that. And to some background, so Cindy, uh, myself, and there's a group of us, it's probably five or six of the guys, I would say, and, you know, their wives. So it's, it's a group of about 10 of us that are pretty close, pretty tight-knit um, group. And Cindy used to, the way that I met Cindy is through my group of friends because she was dating Chris, her husband, now, 20-some years ago. And she used to play basketball. And then, you know, when you're playing basketball with somebody, you have a good idea of their personality type. And so I knew back then that Cindy didn't take any mess from anybody. Um, And that's just kind of morphed into, you know, what she does now, uh, you know, with with kids and, you know, teaching her persona in a very positive manner um, and inspiring a lot of kids. So until, you know, we got on this podcast, I knew what you did for a lot of kids, but it really dawned on me, you know, now how you really changed the trajectory of some kids' lives where they could have completely gone down a path and, you know, maybe been a criminal or maybe not done anything with their life. And now they have the opportunity to change not only their life, but the lives of their next generation and generations to come. And you did that. So I don't even think you realize that. (laughs) I don't even think you think about that, but that's awesome. That's really awesome. So what else you got for me? Oh, I got something. So Cindy, I always joke with Cindy because she always looks so serious. People say that I look serious and I always joke with her. Cindy, you're going to smile. Cindy, you're going to smile. Today, she is all smiles. And sometimes I use my boys to force her to smile. So my boys call Cindy Aunt Cindy. And so and there are times that Cindy comes to me and says, you know, uh, your boys are doing this or your boys are doing that. You know, you need to correct them. And that's that part. That's that demeanor of Cindy not taking any any crap from anybody, including me. And so there are ladies in my life, Cindy included, that keep me on my toes. That'll say things. Cindy's mom. We were at Cindy's house. I don't know. It was some sort of a function, and the boys were acting up. And her mom took something from the boys. And um, I said, "Well, you're in somebody else's house, and you're acting up. You can't come to me and ask for it." back. And so then I went to Cindy's mom and I said, um, can, you know, can they have it back? I don't remember what it was. It was a toy or something. And she said, no. And I said, well, that's the end of that. And I said, boys, well, she spoke and she cannot, you guys can't have it back. So, um, that's just kind of like a little bit of insight. You know, it's not just, I met Cindy, you know, recently and asked her to be on the podcast. We have a long history together. So, Hopefully a long history continues if Cindy doesn't uh, get mad at me. And, you know, what's that word that you uh, apply that discipline to me? So, (laughs) but all joking aside, Cindy, I appreciate you. Your significant accomplishments are noticed. And more than that, your ability to help girls grow and think for themselves you know, be on their own two feet and, you know, to go to that next level, whether it's playing sports, um, going to college, a combination of both, but bettering themselves. It is noted. So 
I wanted to brag on you today and I wanted to use you for my podcast because you're a good person. Well, thank you. So you got anything else for me? Nothing I can think of. You sure? I'm positive. All right. You're going to force me to donate some more after this podcast? Did I bite if you? If there's anybody listening that wants to donate to the Florida <laughs> basketball team. All right. So what I will do for you, Cindy. So this is going to air in July. It's going to be the inaugural um, podcast. What I will do is I will put contact information to where they can go for Colonial High School. And so I will put that on there. Well, that will help because we plan to do a trip to Washington, D.C. this year, which I'm excited about because it's been about seven years since I've taken a team to Washington. And that was like our best trip because, you know, we were able to do different tours and different things like that. And the girls always come back and talk to me about that trip, that they went to the Arlington Cemetery and they went to the White House. and They did things like that. So and it was also a good tournament. So I'm looking forward to taking the girls this year to that tournament as well. I can definitely put that on there. And because um, I have in the s- description, I'll put something commentary um, in there. So I'm happy to do that. All right. Did this hurt too much? No. Was it was it painful? Were you nervous? No. You weren't nervous? No. I don't make you nervous? No. Oh, I got to change that. Okay. No, I'm not nervous at all. All right, Hall of Famer, thank you for your time. Thank you. To any of my listeners, so what I will do, as Cindy had mentioned, I like to support her, especially if it doesn't have to continuously come out of my own pocket. So what I will do is I will put her information up in regards to donating to her high school for the benefit of her girls and the good work that she does can take a trip of a lifetime for some of these students, uh, athletes that may not have ever had an opportunity to travel before. So this would be a huge opportunity for some of these girls. And without further ado, thank you for listening again. Thank you, Cindy, for being on the podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode. Thank you.